In this episode of Your Double Podcast, we are speaking to the CEO of FAIR, Michael David Daniels. FAIR is a co-parenting app that allows co-parents to effortlessly communicate, create a shared calendar while keeping track of expenses. It also helps co-parents to prepare legal documents and much, much more. This is a two-part episode series with Michael. And in the first part, we talk a lot about the app, the internal features, and how it helps in reducing conflicts between co-parents. In the second part, we talk broader topics such as choosing the right partner and how important it is, managing conflict with your children and co-parent, introducing new partner to your ex-spouse, and so much more. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. So uh, the the reason I'm I'm so interested in uh, in 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 your app and the way you go about these things is that uh, I'm a victim uh, of a child abduction. My daughter has been abducted for uh, the last uh, five and a half years, and uh, I'm living in a country where co-parenting such a thing does not exist in any way, shape, or form. In majority of cases, once the, the marriage uh, you know, dissolves in Japan, uh, so does your parental bonds and rights to the child. Because uh, of the sole custody and, and the culture, uh, the, way, the way Japanese are being brought up, uh, once, once you divorce, you divorce with your child, which you never married in the first place. But that's what takes place, and uh, that's why co-parenting is is such a big deal for me. And I would like to, to learn more. Oh, it, it, because I mean, every study shows that a child does far better in life when they have the benefit of the love of both parents in their life on a regular basis. All the studies show that we, we can all relate to uh, you know anybody anybody can relate to living uh, growing up with a with a single parent will show that, uh, I mean, there are studies to say that from broken homes where you don't have, you're being raised predominantly by one parent, your, the suicidality rate is, is twice as high. You're twice as likely to drop out of high school. You're four times as likely to be convicted of a domestic uh, uh, violence uh, case. Um, you are, what are the other ones? There are several things. I used to know this very well. Yes, your medicated has, has psychological problems. You actually suffer from uh, asthma, speech defects, and um, uh, what, what is the other one? I, I used to know all of this stuff on the drop of a dime, but um, th- th- there's just so many studies to show that, that having two parents in, in your life um, really will benefit you in the long haul just in, in so many ways. Uh, yeah, they, they take medication for, um, for anxiety. Uh, I, you know, I, I'll think of it later guys, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm a huge proponent of shared custody. I'm a huge proponent of 50, 50, to be honest. Um, I, I think 50, 50 is really important because I think most men 
in order to psychologically cope, they end up checking out. They, they end up they end up having to emotionally remove themselves from that child. At least this happens a lot in the states, and they go they go make another family because it's too hard to play the role as an insignificant parent. So it's shared custody, and in Florida we call it. Um, we, we, uh, yeah, we call it uh, co co-parenting time or your parenting time sharing plan. That's what it is. Time sharing rather than custody, because it is assumed that both parents are entitled to 100% of the time of the child, but we're choosing to time share versus this is my custody time and your custody time. So anyways, I think that's a good way to look at it. And I'm sorry to hear, I, I know it's true. I've heard it many times that in other countries, it is, um, I mean, they're way behind on this stuff, and particularly from what I'm understanding in Japan. Wow, that's, that's really uh, disheartening to hear. And I'm really sorry to, to hear of what you're going through. I, I couldn't even imagine. Right. And uh, I know that uh, we will talk about inspiration for the app and all that in a bit. I have all the questions here. But I want to start with mm-hmm. asking uh, about how co-parenting affects the kid, right? So one of the things that I do know that uh, children are mentally healthier. And sometimes uh, they also like, uh, you know, healthier in a physical sense as well. But let's talk about what happens when the yeah. child grows up. If if they don't have a co-parenting kind of agreement or like practice uh, co-parenting, when the child grows up, do you have any data or like any kind of example to talk about what happens to the kid when they have their own family? Well, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, that they are, as they go through life, they, they are, Exponentially, I mean, they are much more likely to suffer from all of these, all of these social and economic problems. They're much less likely to go to college. Now that has all sorts of repercussions. They're less like so they're, they're not they're not going to grow up and have the educational opportunities. Think about the financial opportunities. Once you go from a single home to now there's two homes that the child's going back and forth. That's two different expenses, set of expenses, the bills. So the amount of money that's actually put aside for the child's future is now significantly diminished. And, and, and that has long-term effects. Uh, there's just less money to go towards their education in life. They start feeling more insecure about, about money. This all plays into their so- social, uh, um, there's, 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 there's social uh, circles that they end up, they end up um, associating with as they grow up. Um, and, and of course, you know, we, we could all look at our own lives and we could probably say to ourselves, you know, yeah, there were certain areas where, Thankfully, my parents were able to come through for me in that way. And imagine if your parents hated each other and your parents were fighting all the time, you would have missed out on a lot of those opportunities that were very formative in your upbringing. So I I, I just uh, think, um, but I'm not suggesting that if two people are absolutely miserable together, that the answer is for them to gut it out, stay together. And that's going to be good for the kid because it's not. I think I think it's all about how we handle it. Sometimes the divorce is the right answer for a lot of relationships. And that dissolution of marriage can be very beneficial for the child if there's a lot of daily turmoil because our children are looking at us to, to we're giving them the example of how to diffuse conflict. And if all they see out of us is a whole lot of escalation of conflict, then all they're learning is, is that this is the way it is. This is the norm. Uh, they, they're more combative in all their relationships when all they see is fighting. So I think two parents who are separate and, and happy being separate, uh, at least with who they are as people, then it just comes down to, can we communicate with one another 
in a, in a way that, uh, that is constructive. And that's what the FAIR app does. FAIR app actually is designed to set a boundary because, you know, we need to communicate. It's very important to communicate constructively, but I find that verbal communication with your co-parent oftentimes ends up escalating. So when you do everything through FAIR on financial or uh, your messaging, your, your correspondences, or your, like all of its features, the, uh, the geo check-in feature that it has, as well as um, the, the time sharing calendar, it just gets right to what's important to communicate and it voids all that escalation. So I don't know if that really adequately answers your question. Uh, I, I, I used to have all these stats, um, but I don't have them in front of me at the moment. Right. And uh, let's get to the app, right? So I love your, your, landing page because you say something that I do believe. It says that co-parenting is a new co-working mm-hmm. because the moment you get divorced, right, yeah. uh, you got to look at it as responsibilities that both of us have to bear. Just like how you think about in a place mm-hmm. where you co-work or co-leave kind of thing. Right? So, mm-hmm. uh, can yeah. you explain to us what was your inspiration behind the app even before, uh, you know, plan of the apps and all that happened and you gained some kind of authority and people know you. But before that, like, because this is not something that people start to make money, right? Because, it's, there's no direct path for you to say like, hey, I'm going to make a lot of money out of this. But this is something that's a, that has a huge uh, impact when it comes to the life of others. So what inspired you to start this? What was your own situation or what kind of motivation you had for this? Well, I, I think I don't come from a divorced family. I come from a very, uh, a very well put together family. And I, my mother came down with brain cancer when I was only 11 years old. And that really bring brought my family together. Um, you know, terminal brain cancer is is a, is a very hard thing for a, a young. I four, I were four of us siblings and my father, and and we so we were close. And I remember my father said one time, he said, you know, no success in life will ever compensate for the failure as a parent. So no matter what we're going through, we need to try to make it as parents. And 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 when I went through a divorce, that was really hard for me because I. I Nobody had ever been divorced in my family and everybody there hadn't been a divorce. And so I, I viewed this as a pretty big failure and I viewed the, the constant uh, back and forth. My kids were getting a very bad version of me. They were getting a very frustrated me. They were getting a uh, always dealing in high conflict with their mom going back to court many times. It's financially exhausting. It's emotionally exhausting and uh, very time consuming. And so my children were just living with this version of me that was bad. And I felt like, you know, I'm failing my kids. I really, really am. I mean, and, and like my dad had said, no success in life will compensate for that failure. So, you know, I, I really wanted to find a way that we could communicate um, with an app. And now there was a legacy brand out there that was web-based. Um, it was made in 2001. Obviously, the smartphone didn't even exist yet. Definitely not the app store. And so. Um, so I thought, you know, why don't I learn from the arrows in their back? And I read hundreds of their reviews and I thought I'll make, I'm going to make an app that really, and touches on some things too. I, I mean, unlike, unlike Thomas, I'm telling you, my heart feels really bleeds for this man because I couldn't imagine what, he, what he's gone through, but because I know what I went through and, and that was very, very hard and frustrating. And, uh, but w- there's one incident in particular that actually was the impetus for creating FAIR. And it was that we had had a temporary time-sharing plan where I was supposed to drive my children all the way down to Miami. I live in Florida, drive them down to Miami, which is 43 miles away from me. 
uh, I don't in kilometers, what would that be? I don't know, 60 kilometers or so. Um, I was supposed to drive them down to Miami, drop them off, and then come home. So I drove all the way down to Miami. I sat there in front of the house for about 35 minutes or so, and nobody was answering the door, answering text messages, phone calls, nothing. And I thought, the heck with this. I'm going to go home. So I drove all the way back home. And upon getting home, I get contacted by my attorney who had been contacted by her attorney saying that I'm in violation of a court order for not dropping the children off. And I said, no, I was there. And they said, no, the fundamental fact is the kids weren't dropped off. Uh, You're going to go in front of a judge before long. And and this is going to be an issue. And and so, you know, here we are in a situation and this happens so much that judges have two people sitting in front of them with polar opposite information and the judge has it's up to their subjectivity as to who's lying. And you never know. They may just not like the way you look that day. They, they may not, something about you may not vibe with them, even though you're, you're telling the truth. Some judges are partial towards dads. Some judges are partial towards moms. And I wanted to remove all of that and just get down to the facts. And so, but fortunately, just to finish up on that story, I, I fortunately had taken a toll road. So I was able to pull my records and show that I had exited a toll down there about, you know, two kilometers from her house. And so I was, I was basically, uh, you know, vindicated of this particular accusation. However, what if I hadn't taken that road? I I would have been in huge trouble. And and frankly, she might've won the children based on that alone. So, so with fair, now you have the geo check-in feature that you can show up there. All you have to do, pull out the phone, you can drop a pin, time, date, and stamp exactly where you are. She gets an instant push notification to her phone that says he's there. It's a matter of record now. So that's it. She wouldn't have called lawyers and I wouldn't have called, had to talk to my lawyer. That cost me $800 that day, 800 US dollars. That just in legal fees, just to have our lawyers argue, $800. You see what I mean? And, and that $800, think about all the money that could have gone towards making happy experiences with my children. So, you know, we're the products of, of all of these days that go by in our lives. And so I, I just want to spend my time happy. So now using FAIR, I just, I can log it, track it and forget it. That's it. Log it. I don't care because if I ever go to court again, I've got it all. I'm there. I'm ready. And I don't, and, and it saves me a lot of money. Will, will it save you $800? <laughs> well, like I said, like that day with the geo check-in feature, that would have been it. I, I she, but will, will they let you off uh, without eight hundred dollar bill? No, no, no. They they give you no. They bill you, boy. Those these attorneys. I I try to tell people to stay away from attorneys as much as possible. I mean, I'm not saying there's not a place for them, but attorneys they don't make things easier. <laughs> they want to make things get worse. Uh, they intentionally, when they write up their motions, and I don't know how it works where you are, but. When they write their motions and submit them to court, they intentionally use language that's very inflammatory. They want to make the other side mad. They want to raise tensions to get you to fight for. And here, the, the courts are backed up two years. So if you if you start a motion, it's probably not going to reach settlement for two years. And they want to make money for that entire two years. And it's terrible. So I try to tell people, you know, try to go to a mediator, try to go to counselors, Go do some, try to find some, get a therapy ordered by the judge, but just don't engage in the self-destruction. I mean, I've spent $200,000 in legal fees over the last 12 years. I mean, that, that, that's the kind of money you should be putting away towards college. Well, 
Well, to let to let you know, um, as bad as it is uh, in US, which is really far from great, uh, where I am in Japan, it's about eternity times worse. I believe in every it. in every aspect in every aspect you can think of, we are eternity times worse. I I, I completely believe that. I I. It, I, I um... I think America is actually undergoing a, a real a social change right now where people are starting to view the, see the importance of having a male, a, a father in the life of their children. So, so you're seeing a lot more shared custody in Florida, actually it's, it's state by state, but in Florida, it is presumed at a divorce. It's presumed that it's going to be 50, 50 time sharing. That, that is the assumption, which is great. And, and I'm not saying they always do that. Sometimes it ends up being 70-30 or 60-40, uh, depending on people's time requirements at work or whatever. But I do like that they start at 50-50. They don't automatically say, mother's got it all. And you've got to fight back from there. Well, and, and this would be a first question uh, for you, if I may. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm living uh, in a country where... Uh, Co-parenting, shared custody, joint custody is not even a thing. People don't know about it. We cannot understand a, a thing, a thing, uh, an understanding that you can share a child. It's almost as barbaric as you need to cut the child in half and somehow share it. You know that you can actually share the time of the child is really something it's very complicated for them to grasp. And the question would be, um, for people like that, there's not many. Uh, this country is, uh, is basically 127 million of them uh, lacking this understanding. So uh, the question would be, how would you introduce co-parenting to a person who does not have even the very basic understanding of what kind of thing it is? I think the focus needs to be on your common, what you, your common interest and your common interest is that child. Uh, you know, th th they say that the most effective thing to do is to stay child focused. It's not about you and her anymore. That is done. So if you can get that relationship and all of that anger or whatever, whatever split you two up, if you can remove that from the discourse and focus on your common interest, which is that child and their what's in the best interest of that child then you've got some place to build upon. And, and, and I always think communication is one of the most important things. And we, when we think about our countries and how they uh, are able to maintain with very different uh, viewpoints about the way the world runs, a lot of economic issues in between. But, I mean, diplomacy is, that, that is the lifeblood of, of, of world peace, right? It's keeping things, um, focusing on diplomacy. And that is done by, Looking at it like a business, like, like you said earlier, you know, this is the, this is a business and treat it like a business. And when we're at we're at work, we don't let our emotions get the best of us. When we do, we get fired. Right. When we're at work and we let our emotions get the best of us. We find ourselves out of a job. Well, this that child it, that needs to be viewed as we are working together to raise this child in a way that that they are going to be OK. And um, so I, I think focusing on the child and saying, hey, can we both agree that this child is entitled to the love of his mom and his dad? Every child is entitled to that love. And if you can get the other parent to understand that and buy into that concept that 
you know, yeah, there's, there's some love here that, that is, that the child does not need to be deprived of. Then you can, then you've got a place to work from. But again, I, you know, culture is very tough to break. I, I know, you know, and, and I've, I lived in Europe for 10 years and it's a very different culture there. Uh, some countries much warmer than other countries, as far as its view on family. Um, Latin America is another one. Like it, it, it's culture is very, very key in all of this. So I, I don't know if, if that's so easy to just answer, but I would say staying child focused and communicating. There's an acronym they use called BIFF, B-I-F-F. And they say in your communication with your parent, with your uh, co-parent, you need to be brief, informative, firm, and friendly. Brief, informative, firm, and friendly. Biff, and and I, I believe that I, I really stick to that. And honestly, it keeps. I, I've been successful for the last two years, crossing my fingers um, that it, it's kept things. Um, yeah, it's it's kept things professional. Right, and uh, let's talk a little bit about the features of the app. Uh, something that. Uh... I noticed is that this messaging thing that you guys have introduced to keep miscommunication to a minimum. I find that interesting because one of the things that I do notice talking to parents who are in high conflict, divorce and all that is that whatever I say, my wife will say the opposite or even to the point that like my wife says that I didn't pay the uh, the childcare money and all this kind of stuff. There's a lot of misinformation. So I see that you guys have the messaging thing, but how is it being used by users? Is it effective to... To have such a thing? Well, yeah. So I, I wanted, look, everybody lives in the world of text messaging. So I wanted to make sure that FAIR's messaging feature had, in America anyway, text messages are not admissible in court. So if you take if you take a bunch of screenshots of your messages or print, even print them out or whatever, it, it, the court will just throw them out because they can be manipulated. But in FAIR, all of your messages cannot be manipulated. They're like emails. Emails are admissible in court. So FAIR, you have the ease of text messaging with all of the admissibility of emails. Um, yeah, they do use it a lot. Again, but the messaging is more for the things that I guess have to be communicated. Um, but, but really, if you're using the co-parenting calendar, and you're using the expense tracker, and you're using the geo check-in feature, you're using the private notes, and you're using your, your, the file vault. Um, when you're using the other features, you'll find that actually you don't really need to do much with messaging. It's just for those really uh, important things that maybe needs further clarification on, you know? So uh, yeah, if you're using the app to its full abilities, you kind of don't even have to message, but, but that's what it is. It's really mostly for admissibility, you know, courts, courts, um, they, they deal with a lot of people going in there with text messages and they say, look, I can't, you know, this is you're trying to establish, you know, a, a conversation or a character flaw in your co-parent, but these things could be manipulated. So they dismiss them all the time. So that's the reason I really created it. Right. And talking about the expense part of the app, right? Uh, I think that's interesting. Very interesting. But what I'm wondering is that do you use the app to decide how much expense uh, should be uh, done for such a thing? Let's say in here you have sneakers, right? Is that something that uh, you guys discuss through the app and go like, hey, we go 50-50 or something like that? Or how the app uh, kind of govern that particular part of the decision-making behind the expense? Is it still face-to-face? Uh, well, uh, yeah, well, it's, it's, like, uh, it's like this. I'm, I'm incurring, I call them involuntary expenses. So 
there are certain and they're they're categorized there too if you look at it it'll say like uh medical uncovered medical dental vision school extracurricular so these are all the expenses that generally in a in a uh, in a divorce um you're either required to pay 50 50 or maybe you're 100 percent or whatever whatever it is but i wanted to at least create something where you could keep it categorized as far as what you're what you're spending money on and and then you'll see if you go to all it'll show you the whole pie chart and they'll break it down in real time like are you at 50 50 or so as long as you float around so as i as i log expenses my pie chart will go from you know maybe i'm at 47 we're at 47 53 and then i i put some expenses in now we're back to 51 49 and so you're looking at the the, the percentage change in real time and i think that that's actually a very constructive way to do it because let's say you're required, and a lot of people are, a lot of people are in America anyway, there's a lot of, everyone's working. I mean, it's, it's not a culture where women stay home and don't work. Everyone works. So most people are required 50-50. So as long as that pie chart remains around 50-50, well, then you don't live in this world of, you know, PayPal me some money, or I want you to send me money. I just spent $10 for the field trip. You know, that kind of stuff causes problems when people are tit for tat coming after each other for every little nickel and dime. Like you, you're able to just float around 50-50 or whatever your split is, if 70-30 or whatever it is. And as long as your pie chart stays right there, well, then you're good. And I, I don't know. I, I decided to do it that way. And I did not incorporate payment processing yet uh, in the app. One, because it's, you know, there's a lot of security issues around that. And, um, and two, there's a lot of, uh, you know, paying for the, you know, the APIs of other companies and licensing and things like this. And so I'm sure you're very familiar with all of that. So I, I decided I wouldn't do that yet uh, because in America, everybody uses Venmo or PayPal and it's free, you know, so how do you compete? Yeah, but free? you also have like uh, the ability to upload receipts. So like, yeah, you can track it to yes. the... Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. So we, when you log an expense, you say, how much did I spend? What did I spend it on? Um, what category was it? Because it needs to meet one of the categories. Because otherwise, I'm not paying half. Like I don't, I'm, I'm not paying half if you took her to, you know, took my daughter to go get a, a limo and, and a weekend with her friends at some luxury hotel. Like I don't want to be on the hook for half of that. So, um, so any, anyway, so it's just those involuntary expenses, and then you can load up three pictures. Uh, so I, I always load up a picture of the item, uh, the receipt, and then the item on my daughter. So like the shoes, there they are. She's wearing them. You know, I, I do that just, just to try to, you know, here you go. Just try to involve her, say, you know, let's, let's hear some pictures. I, I try to be magnanimous and, and, and share those kind of images of pictures of my daughter happy in the shoes so that I don't get a bunch of, uh, yo, she didn't need those, but there she is happy wearing them. So she's, she lets it go. I think, uh, the part where you say that it shows the, the split, the current split in a, in a percentage form, it's kind of important because maybe after mm-hmm. like you pay 50% for the year kind of thing, you accumulate it and then you see like, hey, no, this is not 50-50, it's 80-20 now, right? And that can happen. And then going back and talking about it is kind of like, you know, that collector kind of view, right? Because now you got to pay me and all that create more conflict than needed. So that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And actually you can search it. Um, I, I, I wish I could be doing a demo for you right now, but you, so like I, at this point now I have four years of, of stuff I've quantified in there. And so I can actually go back and say, Hey, I want to see my whole running total since inception. I can go year to date 
I can search it any particular month or quarter. So like I'm able to, to come down and say, okay, well, in that year, we were 50-50. And in that year, we were 80-20. And you know, you, you're able to break it down in any way you want to. And so that's very helpful. Right. And something interesting that uh, I noticed is that you guys have this communications call or something like that, where it says like, hey, on average, you reply within like, I don't know, 10 minutes, 12 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to come up with a reward system. Uh, uh, it's kind of neat. I my idea is that you'd be earning points, fair points. So every time, every time I, I log an expense, I get one fair point. And my co-parent, all she has to do, so she gets a notification. If I say, "Hey, I, I just I bought those new shoes," she get a notification saying, "Hey, you know, Mike just logged an expense in fair. Go check it out." Then she can look at it. All she has to say is, "Oh, it looks great. Thank you." If she responds, she gets the same fair point. So we we're both earning points. It's like gamifying co-parenting. And, um, and if you don't leave somebody hanging, like if I send you a message and you respond within 15 minutes, then, 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 you know, you get a fair point for that. Now, I, I just want to reward people for positive co-parenting behavior. I think that'd be kind of cool, especially if you could redeem the fair points at places to, you know, eat, shop and play with your kids. I think that'd be a really cool thing to do. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think that's an important part is to incentivize people to, uh, to, to, you know, be conscious of, hey, you know, if you send a message, you, you'd like to not be left hanging for for two days. Um, that, that becomes very frustrating for a lot of people. Uh, there's an important thing about that. Like, see, so so FAIR is a, you know, I was, I mean, in, to summarize it, it's a communication documentation tool. So documentation for potential escalation in the legal world, but everyday communication is what I really, really would love it to be viewed as, because otherwise it just becomes this app that you totally associate with. Oh gosh, it's legal problems. Um, but hopefully, hopefully, I'm getting there. Yeah, Michael. While checking out your app, I noticed that you guys have this neat feature uh, to download PDF, a full expert-looking PDF for all the transactions and everything that is discussed within the app for submission within courts or any other reasons. Can you explain a bit about how did you guys come out with the feature? Because yeah. I'm wondering, is it something that uh, the customers asked for or was it something that you created because you have been in their shoes and you know that is important? Oh, yeah. In America, the process is, so if, if I go to a paralegal, and again, I've done all of this, done it all. <laughs> I, I, uh, I had all my messages that I had to go transcribe and, and I paid a bunch of money for that one time. And and even then I showed up and, and then she would say, oh, he made that up. Like I used to keep detailed records on different uh, uh, different notebooks and, and one notebook would be for every drop off and pick up. And I, I would keep it every single night. And then I, I showed up to court and they, they would just just disregard it, saying I invented it, which is possible. People could invent it. So the cool thing about FAIR is everything that you're doing, you're creating it in real time. And once you hit export, it sends you know, I can choose a date range. Hey, I, I want all my data going all the way back to 2017 to now. And, and I want everything. I want my private notes. I want my time sharing calendar. Uh, I want my, my geo check-ins. I want my expenses and all my messages. I want it all. And it would just send me a PDF and then boom, I have everything. And that saves you a lot of money because a, a paralegal to put all this stuff together in a court ready format would charge you between ninety to one hundred and twenty dollars an hour, uh, and it's expensive. So fair, I mean, just you're just spending you know nine dollars a month and um, nine ninety nine a month uh, for the same thing. 
what are you guys uh, currently working on? What are the upcoming features or things that uh, we can expect in the near timeline? Well, yeah. So uh, w- one of the things I, r- I really um, want to build out, we're, we're trying to become more than just a co-parenting commun- documentation communication tool. So we're, we want to start creating um, content that, uh, that basically uh, gives you a daily doses of therapy, so to speak. So we'll find the top family psychologists and um, just very prominent people uh, who give good advice that you can avail. And on a daily basis, let's, it's, you'll just get like a little notification on a daily basis that says, hey, here's a little one-minute video that's giving you some kind of advice on how to navigate your process, right? And if you watch your one-minute video, you get 20 fair points. So it's daily continuing co-parenting education, if you will. So that's, that's one thing we're working on because I I think that's taking this to another level where you're really trying to solve the problem and not just put a bandaid on it, uh, trying to really help people. So that's. Now I know that, uh, this might be a very weird question, but then it came to my mind because, uh, do you have a way to track alimony? Because a lot of the mothers or like the other way around the fathers who not was getting paid alimony, right? They'll be like, Hey, I did not get paid my alimony. So I'm not going to let the kids see you and all that. So how is that resolved in this framework? Yeah, alimony, uh, right now, I mean, FAIR is really focused on uh, co-parenting. Yeah, you could input an expense and um, title it under other. You could, you could select other. And, you could, and I put that there, especially for people who want to categorize it as alimony. Uh, but again, I left that one as more of a miscellaneous uh, thing. Uh, but r- right now, like, Alimony is not a, necessarily a child uh, expense, if that makes sense. Alimony is not centered around children. So FAIR is really meant to be child-focused. So, but, but if you've got some good ideas about it, I mean, that's, that's an easy dev thing for me. I could, I could pop that out in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's practically just a line. Yeah, yeah. Time, I mean, right? I, could do, I could do that <laughs> in a couple of weeks. No problem at all. Stress tested and done. Right. And let's get to the part that uh, I found really interesting on your website and also your app, you say that you work with legal professionals. Mm-hmm. So from the side that I'm coming from, legal professionals are normally like, you know, there's a 80-20 split kind of thing. 80% of them are like bad seats where they want more conflict. They want more fight. They want more court cases. They want more communication to not happen, right? So that they can make more money out mm-hmm. of the conflict. So the legal professionals that you guys work with, how did you do you guys engage them and how did you guys bring them on board? Like what kind of experience you have yeah that's a great question honestly in fact after planning the apps i really expected you know i had one week as this featured app in the app store so i had actually 27 million uh, impressions in a single week that was pretty incredible but i found that most of the the downloads i would get were just worthless the the, the churn rate was terrible uh very very poor retention and uh what fixed that uh was was focusing on legal professionals because I used to think that, oh, this is going to hurt their pocketbook. Their billable hour with their paralegals is going to go down and they're not going to want, they're not going to be on my side. I'm really going to hurt them. But in reality, legal professionals don't like losing cases. And most of the time they lose cases, not because they're representing necessarily a bad parent, but they're bad documenters. And they can only, they can only be as successful as, as evidence that they have to, to prove their cases. So I actually found that legal professionals were my, were my biggest help. Uh, they, they would rather get somebody off their, they'd rather have a successful outcome. It's better for their image. 
and give people, give their clients something that helps them move forward and makes them feel like, hey, that was a, a helpful experience. It validates my 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 uh, the money I spend on these people because they gave me a tool that now helps my situation. So actually, legal professionals have been great for me. The other problem with going to B two C, you know, business to consumer with the app, is that is that there's always one parent that wants things to be opaque. They don't want transparency. They want things that they don't want to use fair. But when you use a legal, when you go legal professionals like a mediator or a guardian or a judge or a magistrate, attorneys, uh, family therapy, like when you use these people, they they'll put it into the to the settlement agreement. And when it is in the settlement agreement that both parties have to use fair, boom, you're good. Like the, the, then both parties have to use it by law, and that is very sticky, a uh, very very low churn rate. Yeah, that makes sense because if you. When people approach uh, lawyers and stuff, right? See, they normally fear the the cost. But then, if the lawyer is going to give them an app that costs like four ninety nine a month, kind of thing, they're going to be like, "Hey, let's do this. Let's way better than an hour paying the lawyer about hundred dollars." Well, they're paying. Oh, man, I tell you what, I, I wish I could find a lawyer. It's only hundred dollars now. I'm gonna pay like five hundred dollars an hour for a lawyer around here. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you were saying like how you spend two hundred thousand dollars just over that, divorce? over two hundred thousand now in legal fees. But uh, but that's over many. That's ever going back to two thousand ten. You know, but still, it's it's still uh, unfortunate because you know my co-parent they've spent the same money or probably more. So you think about all of that money that could have been spent. It's just what a waste, you know. Uh, but I but I agree with you that there are some bad eggs out there. There are attorneys. Um, and my advice to people is if you, if you retain an attorney who doesn't reflect your desires or what, what your goals are, get a new attorney or just get rid of them. You know, you, you need to find one that's not trying to escalate and create problems for you that you weren't even considering before. Uh, you just got to find one that really reflects your, your needs for your case. Right. And tell me a bit about your team and how did you guys come together and, uh, what was the motivation for your team to join you to do this? Oh, uh, my 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 tech team and my legal uh, the lawyers who work with me. Your so internal you, team, not your lawyers. Well, I mean, I have lawyers who work for Fair, uh, so I, I've I've yeah yeah. So uh, like I got I have a, a lawyer. She's actually from Siberia. She's really really sharp. Um, Olga Gallinger, really really sharp. So she's our v- vice president of legal partnerships. Because it, believe it or not, like lawyers are far more effective marketing to each other than I. But lawyers tend to listen to the recommendations of other lawyers more than, you know, me, who I'm a former, you know, architect, engineer, like home builder. That's that's my background, home building. So, you know, Olga does great out there. I, I mean, she, she's a single mom herself. Uh, she caught wind of it and she she and I started working together. She, she started coming to uh, conferences where in Orlando where there'd be like 2000 family law attorneys and judges there. And, uh, and then, you know, she came on board full time and, and she's been, um, she's been very, very helpful because again, she speaks their language. Uh, and then my, my dev team, uh, they're, they're fantastic. Um, it's called welcome WCLM. Um, we've got phenomenal coders. Um, they're, they're over in, uh, Beirut, and actually some in Tel Aviv, uh, but we've got really, really quality team. Um, my, my CTO has built over 200 apps, um, They've been on the pages. They've been on the the uh, in, Ma- in Oprah Winfrey's magazines, for example. I mean, she's a really, really competent person. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, we just have a great team. We all get along well. We've been together for five years now, and it's and we're still going. Right. 
Okay, so we have uh, spoken a lot about uh, the app and the infrastructure and all that. But let's talk a little bit uh, broader. And I was wondering, right, how soon into a divorce that you can introduce this app? Say that uh, I told my wife that, hey, we should get divorced. Should I just flash the app straight away? Like, <laughs> how long should I wait to bring out the app? I don't think you're the right person because they're going to reject it. The, the minute, because something has led to this divorce, right? So this person is going to reject anything that comes out of you. You could be like, any, you could say the sky is blue and they're going to disagree with you. They're going to disagree with you because it, <laughs> they're going to say whatever. So I, I think the best thing for you to do is, uh, is if you're going to get divorced, it is smart to start documenting because all of that stuff that goes on it does set a precedent, the time sharing. So if leading up to settlement, you've been doing 80-20 time sharing, that's a precedent. So by the time you actually get to settlement, if you've only during these, I don't know how backed up your court system is, but in here it's two years. So if during the two years I've been only having the kids 20% of the time, and then I try to say, well, now I want 50-50 so I don't have to pay child support. There's a precedent that's been set over the last two years. And so, so it's good to go ahead and use the app. You right away start documenting all the drop off and pickups. So, because FAIR will tell you exactly how many days, hours, and minutes I've had the kids versus how many days, hours, and minutes she's had the kids. And judges love this because they always, most cases are, you know, most motions are motions for modification for child support. It's always money. So the judges generally, both parties show up and say, I have the kids 60% of the time. I want more money. Well, you can't both have them 60% of the time. Who's telling the truth? So FAIR gives them right down to the minute who's had the, the kids one amount of time. So you want to use the app right away. And then I would suggest in your first hearing with a judge, say, hey, listen, judge, I'm using this co-parenting app because it, it really, I just want to make things as transparent between me and her as possible so that, so that we don't have any unnecessary problems, miscommunications, or disagreements that escalate. And, and judges will like that because they don't like their dockets getting clogged up with nonsense. So, so if, you, if you show a judge that you're trying to be the most effective and transparent co-parent as possible, the judge will say, okay, I'll agree to that. All right, I'll put it in there right now. You both have to use FAIR. And then bam, now, you're, now your co-parent is on board too. And th- that's the way I would go about it. But you just trying to bring it up right away, you're probably going to get shot. Okay. <laughs> okay. So does that mean the app work uh, asynchronously, which means that uh, the other parent do not have to log anything, but as long as you are logging and then when the other parent gets into it, they get to see all the history and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you create the account, you can use it on your own, no problem. But, you know, we always, inv- we ask you to invite, you can, you know, you're free to go over there and invite your co-parent to join the, join the conversation, so to speak. And, and they get a notification inviting them to join. And then once they've joined, then you're linked. And you're, frankly, if you have an attorney or a judge or a magistrate who's you know, looking over your case, there's a professional portal for them to, to, to connect with the two of you as well. And they can, they can come in. I mean, they kind of come in incognito. You don't know when they're there, but they can come in and, and view and monitor as well. Oh, I see. So the legal professionals and the people who are involved in the case get to see all the interactions as well. Yes, if both parties look, it's not like they can come spy on you anytime you want. But let's just say, let's just say a judge says he's going to get on there, right? Or she, that the judge will create their own, uh, their own. It's a professional, it's a totally different um, uh, platform. So they create the account, and then they will request to connect. 
And both of you will have to acknowledge it and approve it. And once you've acknowledged it and proved it, I mean, for legal purposes, they have to do that. You have to make um, both parents have to be aware that a judge is now connected. And then you can disconnect the judge, you know, at at a later date. You can disconnect. So say that a parent is using the app and then suddenly uh, they stopped using it. Let's say your ex-wife or ex-husband stopped Mm -hmm. using it. In that case, what uh, kind of notification or behavioral thing that you guys have to bring them back in? Because that can happen. They're like, ah, this is just uh, such a trouble, fuck this shit kind of thing, right? So they're like, they might not want to use it. So, and then it's kind of like another conflict that you can create if you go to them and say like, hey, you don't even use the app. Right. I'm paying for this shit. Right. So I'm just wondering, like, uh, what's what are the things that you guys already have built within the app to allow for that? Or how do you guys bring them back in? Yeah. You know, this happens uh, more than, you know, a lot of people, they're like, okay, to meet the requirement in my time sharing plan or my, my settlement agreement says that I have to communicate with fair. So we have a lot of people who just they have an account, they leave it inactive, but they have to pay it. They have to have the account with me in order to be in compliance with their settlement agreement. Uh, but they're not engaging with it, right? They don't, they don't want to engage with it. Uh, a lot of times, you know, they still have, they don't want it to be, you know, I always tell people, look, if, if you're using FAIR, you're going to be much more, tem- you're going to be much more careful with what you say uh, or what you write in the messaging feature because it, it could be read out in front of the judge sometimes. You know, so sometimes people just don't want to, they don't have the discipline to be careful with what they say. And so they just don't want to use fair to communicate. And um, that's unfortunate. But the only thing you can really do as a, I mean, I hate to say it, you got to, you'd have to file a motion for, uh, for, for, uh, what what is it called? For enforcement. So yeah, they're in violation of your, of your agreement and you have to file a motion for enforcement. And that's unfortunate, but that, again, that's going to be three months before you actually get a hearing. Uh, when it comes to users, right, is it normally the guy or like the father that gets the app and then uses it and then introduces the wife or the other way around? I'm just looking at it. I'm just asking from a data perspective. I, you know, I, I should jump into that. Uh, the problem is, is that emails don't tell me your, your, your gender or sex. You know, emails, you know, if, if I got in there and looked at my accounts, I wouldn't necessarily know which users are female or male, you know. Um, but I'd I have to say with, you know, the people that we, we end up engaging with, you reach out to me more. It is more often women, but it seems like when they are men, the men are like the really devout ones. Like men, when they decide they, they, want, it, they want this, women, men are like on it. Uh, but I would say, yeah, well, I, I think they're more of the most like the more disaffected, like the ones kind of like us, you know, us here. We're, like we are the guys who've, who've been through it. We, we, we're very passionate fathers. Like we, you know, fatherhood means a whole lot to us. And so squashing these things become very important to us and it's, it's meaningful to us. And so, you know, I, I find that men are, are very passionate when they are, but I find that women are more often engaged in this stuff. Yeah. So as somebody who have gone through a divorce and now in a successful uh, co-parenting engagement with your ex-wife, what will your advice be to have a successful co-parenting relationship? I know you, you have read a bunch of books and also shared it online and all that. But from your perspective, what's the top three things that people should know going into a co-parenting arrangement? I think we kind of covered them. Uh, Going into it, I mean, again, remaining child-focused, viewing it as a business, and realizing you—you know—you and her don't matter anymore. Like that's not—that's not a thing anymore. You you need to focus on that child. I I think, like, but then also realizing that this person, like, no your child is never going to see your co-parent the way you do. 
that that, that is their mother. Uh, you know, you, just like your co-parent's never going to see you the way your child sees you. You you are uh, his or her father. And so, I mean, just having a little bit of uh, compassion, I mean, having a little bit of um, having some respect. I mean, I don't know what to say other than the golden rule, you know, treat, do unto others as you'd want them to do unto you. I mean, you really just have to uh, make sure you realize that your child is growing up in whatever soil you're fostering here and make sure it's as 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 happy and as low conflict as possible and if there is conflict that's fine there's nothing wrong with conflict but you're going to show them the proper way to diffuse conflict they are learning from you and these are very important lessons conflict is completely normal i don't have a problem with ch- children witnessing conflict it's how it's how we choose to uh, navigate through it that they need to learn All right, everyone. This is the end of the first part with Michael David Daniels. Tune in for the next part, where we talk a lot about the broader topics such as choosing the right partner, managing conflict with your children and co-parent, introducing new partners to your ex-boss, and so much more. Now, I would like to remind everyone that our goal here is to share knowledge with you guys and show that you're not alone in this. With that said, if you need specific legal advice. Please get your own independent advice from a qualified legal practitioner. If you are a minor, or if you happen to have difficulties in understanding certain parts within this episode, please approach a responsible adult or someone knowledgeable in these topics and ask them for clarifications. We have done our best to make sure that it doesn't offend anyone. And if you have further questions or comments or feedback regarding Find My Parent or this interview, you can always email me at sk@findmyparent.org. If you're someone who got separated from your own parent and would like to find your parent again, please go to findmyparent.org and fill out your details. With the help of our smart algorithms and matching technology, we hope to help you find your alienated parent again. If you're part of an NGO or even a private company passionate about this topic, please reach out through the contact us page in findmyparent.org, and we hope to work together with you. All right, folks, that's it for this week. Speak to you next week. Take care. Till then. See